Boom. Hello and welcome to the Protector Nation podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place, making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous. In this podcast, we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, because we all know that you have a few basic needs, food, water, and shelter, but you also have the need to protect those things. In a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked, learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out. Boom! What's up, you guys? Byron Rogers here with another awesome podcast. We're about to dig into some things. As far as a pretty awesome guy that I actually got to run into this last SHOT Show. That's why I love going to SHOT Show, man. You you never know who you're going to meet. You never know what kind of relationships you're going to make. If you're in the taxable industry, you got to go. You got to go make it happen. Um, so today, my honored guest is Aaron Suzo of CAA USA. How you doing, brother? What's up, brother? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'm doing good here. Yeah, man. Nah, it's an honor. It's an honor, man. When we met, at, I think it was a circle bar, we just clicked, man. It was like, yo, Let's do some cool things, man. Let's do some cool things. It's like real, recognize real. You know, you see a protector out there and it's like, yo, what's up? Yeah, so, it was organic, one of those organic feels, man. Just rolled into each other and conversation just rolled, man. Yeah, man. And I only, that's how I, I only roll with the organic stuff, man. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a really feeling oriented, oriented kind of human, you know what I mean? So I, I do trust my instincts. That's kind of how I roll. So heck yeah. No, that's what's up. So, um. You know, just so everyone knows kind of your background and why they, you know, why they listening to you. Uh, why don't you just dig in a little bit into, you know, uh, who you are, where you come from, uh, and we'll get into the tactical background and all that fun stuff, brother. All right. All right. So I'm uh, originally, I was born in New York, uh, and I moved to the islands where my parents are from, where my mother's from, uh, St. Thomas, U.S. Virgin Islands, was out there for a couple of years. Then I moved to Staten Island and then resided in Jersey, where I grew up, did all the high school, middle school, college, did some college football, did wrestling. I mean, it's big sports background, track and field. Went from there, played some arena football down in Florida, where I currently reside, um, which was a great experience altogether. And then from there, I mean, I took that and moved across the country. Don't know how I got to California, but I somehow <laughs> got there and uh, got into the law enforcement industry. And uh, did a couple of years out in Hayward, California, which is uh, in the Bay Area, um, right just south of Oakland. So a lot of people will know where we're at out there. Yeah, man. Um, very, very jumpy area, but good people. Um, and then from there, I retired last year. Young retiree, was fortunate to get out, no bullet holes. And uh, stayed in retirement for about six months and then realized I couldn't do any more golfing or fishing. So I'm not made. I'm not made. I'm not made for golfing and fishing, man. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta get after it, man. Exactly, exactly. And then um, I had opportunity. Um, ran into a couple good people here at CAA, um, with the regional sales uh, team out here. And I mean, it's it's a great thing we have here with the product, with the micro conversion kits that we sell. Um, and then just the world that we're in, the world that I come from, um, and then obviously you're into. I mean, this just made sense to convert my past to make this my present and to just integrate everything together 
Um, it's a product that I wish I knew when I was working at the time, but, uh, when I was on a SWAT team doing stuff with the gang unit and even in patrol, man, I mean, this product is just great. And I know we'll get into that at some point. Yeah. Um, man. Uh, nah, that's what's up. I, I, uh, I completely agree with you. The micro conversion kits you guys are running are straight up force multipliers. I just ran my, I ran mine for the first time at a competition. Um, you know, so like whenever I get a new piece of some kind of gear, for me, like the litmus test is running it on a comp in a competition, man. It was just so intuitive, man. Having that whole frame, having all that support that you can give to what was just a handgun you probably have in your safe collecting dust, you know, um, it made a lot of sense, you know, and uh, we all yeah. Had yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I do when I, when I, when I'm not even just selling, just speaking on the product yeah. is with pit firearms. And I mean, I'm not a firearm connoisseur, but I can tell you this, when you're shooting a firearm, the thing that sucks for us is that we only have two points of contact. That's as stable as you're going to get. I don't care if you're an amateur. I don't care if you're a professional at this thing. Yeah. It's two points of contact. It's stability. You're going to get that. It. it automatically goes and gives you four points of contact. Your stability is that much better even in CQB, or if you got to take that long shot for whatever reason that you've got to do that, you got to take that long shot. You can take a comfortable hundred yard shot with this thing. You yeah. know, you have the right red dot set up and everything zeroed in the way, you know, your offsets and all the above. I mean, you're, you're solid and good to go. My reasoning behind it when I wish that I had this when I was working is I love my rifles, love my SBR. I, I'll never give it up. I don't care what anybody sells about it. But yeah. the thing that sucks is that these two, two, three rounds, five, five, six rounds, man, they're over penetrators. Yep. It is what it is. It I mean, they're great rounds, but they overpenetrate. And when we're working in the industry where everything we do is close quarter, we're clearing hallways, we're clearing rooms. And then God forbid you get into that firefight in the hallway. Even yep. when you hit your target, it's going through your target is hitting the wall and anything behind that wall is hitting. So we take something that you already know your platform with your firearm, which is going to be whatever you're running, your Glock, your SIG, your CZ, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. You have your secondary on your side and yep. then you just take this and malfunctions are working the same way. Anything yep. that you need to do reload wise the same way. And now you have the same magazines. you run. So if you, let's say you're running low on your ammo that you have on your MCK. Guess what you do? Reach down wherever your secondary magazines are. And we're back up and we're moving. Yep. You know? um, so that's that's the big thing I see with this product. And then a lot of UC work with executive protection, so on and so forth. I could run this thing. I mean, it's this, this compact, this bear could run it, sit between my legs and we're handling business. And it's a discrete situation scenario. If you got to get up and handle business in a car, you can handle from here. A lot of problems we have with our sidearms is that with um, uh, striker fired pistols and anything semi-automatic, if you can engage anything from here, that slides hitting you in the chest. Right. And guess what happens then? They add a battery. First shot, you add a battery. We got to start doing malfunctions, drills and fix things. Yeah. With that, everything's encased in one product. And I could fire that from my hip. I could fire it from underneath my shirt. I could basically yeah. use, you just turned it into a revolver capabilities. But yeah. We're working with a semi-auto, you know? Right. So, I mean, it just, like you said, it's a false multi force multiplier. Totally. And like, it just makes sense. Yeah, you know? no, it makes perfect sense. Like revolver slash sub gun all in the same kind of thing. I mean, I don't, exactly. it's, not, it's not a sub gun. It's not though. <laughs> it's not because we don't say that. Everybody don't say that. <laughs> yeah. Kind yeah, of close, you know, like, yeah. but, but yeah, in man, the fairy tale I, world, yes, yeah, I know, right? Like, I, I definitely was really, really excited to run that thing. You know, we, it, um, 
And, and then I had a stage where I had to carry an ammo can uh, with one hand, which for us in, in, in a, well, just in protection period, you might have to do something with your other hand. I might be protecting people, get them behind me, managing kids. And I was easily able to drop that bad boy on my shoulder and just stay up and hit all the targets and keep moving. I was like, man, they shouldn't have gave me this. And then if I'm running a, like a Glock platform and in my secondary is my Glock, I got the interchangeable mags. I was like, this, this, this is just too good to be true. So nah, man, I'm stoked about that. I'm stoked uh, to be working with you guys and to be running this thing. Um, and I think it's also a huge force multiplier for residential teams in the EP side of things. We're going to be dealing with, if we do have to go in and extract a principal during um, a hostile encounter on property, this is, you want to be running a pistol caliber carbine. That is turning out to be really, really the smartest weapon to use. So this is one way to take weapons that we have, you know, we have access to that we have just laying around our house. And then you're going to give your wife something for home defense. You know, like exactly. you might know how to use a handgun. She might really, but everyone's better on a rifle. It's just less finicky, man. So give her stuff exactly. yep. that's gonna really let her get to work and then let her throw in that, you know, that 30 round, 50 round, you know, everybody, go. everybody gets a bullet a magazine. Go, and go play, go shop. <laughs> you know, so anyway, exactly. yeah, man, that's good stuff. Um, I'm, I'm excited about it. If you guys haven't checked those things out, the MCK, go check them out. They are the future. Going back into your background, you're kind of like, you're like me, bro. You're like got the Caribbean American thing going on, you know? I dig it, man. Yeah, man. So you're half and half like I am. Um, and then for those of you who don't know who ain't been to the East Coast, you know, uh, to play sports on the East Coast is like a, a different thing. Like, like on the West Coast, I'm a pretty good sized dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty good sized black dude. On the East Coast, like if we had a scale of one to ten on the West Coast, I'm like a, a seven to eight. On the East Coast, I'm like a five <laughs> and a half. <laughs> These dudes over here, that pure slave blood still, man. It's superhuman black dudes running around. <laughs> Super breed black dudes, man. So congratulations on that, man. You're a big dude, formidable dude, man, for sure. What did you notice? What did you notice growing up? In between those two cultures like i definitely noticed the difference between the african-american culture and then the caribbean culture you know being a black man on both sides but were there any like major differences that you noticed as you you know started operating um honestly people they, they look into things differently so i'll give you even more about it i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a wrench into the whole the whole topic here so yeah, man. my last my last name's italian so i grew up in an, a big italian family where'd that come from okay exactly right. so see I, I threw a whole wrench in the whole thing so i've got i've got to mix my my cultural experience and ethnicity i, I mix a lot of it up That's so cool. my uh my stepfather stepped into the picture very early to me all right. And he adopted me, bought me in, and he nice. was my father throughout throughout my living. You know? Yeah. So I got to see the interracial marriage. I got to see all that and that play out. Um, so I got to see it in every aspect. Yes. So the way it plays out and going back to your question, um, honestly, I didn't have too much of an issue. Where I grew up in Jersey it was a melting pot. I went to uh -huh. high school in a melting pot. I went to middle school in a melting pot. I mean, you had Puerto Ricans, Asians, white, black, I mean, Indian, you can think of it we had it mixed in our high school you know every, mm -hmm. and again everybody had their clicks as usual there was always the clicks and everything but mm -hmm. with sports and being in what i did my world we're mixed 
Yeah. Come, that's why I love the team as, atmosphere of what we do in police work and SWAT work and executive protection, so on and so forth. That's why I love it so much because of that. I thrive on a team atmosphere. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was mixed into. So I didn't have too much issues with, mm. with race and things like that. Yeah. Um, was there racism? Yeah, there's racism everywhere. It'll never disappear. It's, right. It is what it is. You know, there's ignorant people wherever you go. It'll happen. Yeah, like, but I didn't have, yeah. So I didn't have that issue so much, especially having the knowledge of the West Indian background, that being African-American, and then also having the background in the Italian yeah. family where I grew up also. I, yeah. it, it, it hurts people because I could mix it up. I could yeah, you, sit down with, walker, with the pie, yeah, I could on the same way. The Paisans in Brooklyn, I could sit down with them and I could go sit down and I could sit barefoot on the beach somewhere too. You know, yeah. I can mix and match and I'm like a chameleon when it comes to that type of stuff. Yeah, man. So that's that's an asset to me, mm-hmm. especially when you go out into the streets, when you go yeah. out into other places, because now I can relate with other mm-hmm. things. So when people start speaking on something, I could say, no, I fully understand. But I tell you to tell you that I don't understand. No, I understand where I come yeah, from. Man. Let me tell you, yeah, you know. So it was it was good, man. With my life, I mean, it was good bringing that up. It threw a lot of people off. You see an Italian last name on a football jersey, they take your helmet off. They're like, wait a minute, what? You Sicilian? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But yeah, it was, it was good. It was good? Good. No, that was, that's what's up. No, same here, man. I And that was basically my experience, man. Like, the problems are what you make them, you know? Right. Um, my Bahamian family was like, you're going to have to, like, they were like, like, the work ethic of the immigrant man like i had to i just really respected it man because they were just like yo you're gonna have to be twice you're gonna have to work twice as hard to get half as much respect we don't you know i would go to america and i'd come back talking like kind of hood and my pops would tighten me up and he'd be like we do not speak like that son he'd be like where you learn this yeah i mean and he would tighten me up and he'd be like that's what african-americans do we don't do that stuff here. He'd be like, pull your pants up, son. And I was, <laughs> you know, my big sister completely, you know, rebelled against it, you know, and, and lived a really tough life because she did. Fortunately, I was, I, I, I listened and I heeded that. And I think it really, really, really helped me live a, a better life. And I learned that like, no matter what your skin color is, man, your competence, your gift will make room for you. You can earn people's respect. There's ignorant people everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like people voted for Hillary Clinton. You know what I mean? No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Don't, don't leave the podcast. You can't, you, can't, you, can't that. you can't say that. You can't say that. You can't say that. Yeah, no, right? So I'm, I'm just saying like there's people everywhere in every group, you know, it's human nature, right? Um, but, um, you know, I, I did learn that above all, man, like being able to see things from other people's shoes, not making things a big problem. If I ran into someone racist, it was like, yo, that's your problem, man. I know I'm confident. I know I'm good. I know I'm putting out, you know, um, and I'll try to do better. I don't know what to tell you. And I'd give people positive experiences with me. So it wasn't a factor with me either. And then I started to find out, you know, especially as culture changed, the more competent I became and respectful and solid for people, they would almost open doors for me because I was black. (laughs) Like they'd be like, yo, we need a black dude in here. Yo, you got a solid black dude? And it'd be like, yo, Byron, you know, and then I started kind of just moving up the ranks, you know, right. just just because I was focused on the right thing, you know, then right. perception becomes reality. No, true, true. I think you said it right too. You, you the way you were raised. It was yep. when in West Indian families and having a West Indian mother, it's it's militaristic, man. Yo, it's, it's just militaristic. 
it's very disciplinary. And I, I mean, she had five of us too. I mean, it was five boys in the family. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a bunch of us running around. So, I mean, she was militaristic. She kept it straightforward. It was, you're doing this. This is how it's happened. If you don't, there's consequences. To it, you get know? tightened up. You, you know yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and it's not going to be one of those simple hand situations. Yeah, you ain't going to timeout either. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, timeout was not an option. You you pray for timeout majority of the time. Like, I hope timeout is not That's so true, man. I mean, timeout in school, just like, just, just don't tell my mom. Just, yeah, just keep doing exactly. <laughs> Throw me in jail. Throw me somewhere. Just don't bring you me home. Me, <laughs> just don't take it home, man. Yep, exactly. But here we are, man, you know, at the at, at good places in society, you know. So they right. I, I really commend our parents for instilling those things, you know, and protecting us from some of the things that culture, I think, tries to put in, in, in black people's minds to hold them back, you know. Right. So, right. Oh man, that's good stuff, brother. So I always like to ask this question at the beginning of the episode, just to understand the human behind the work. And we actually, we got into your background, we got into your upbringing and then tactical background. What'd you do as a law enforcement officer? So I got on when I was on, it's a two year um, probation period. So I was on patrol for two years. Um, But then I got on with the SWAT team, um, did a lot of work with the gang unit, vice unit, sex crimes. I did some work with them also. Uh, my biggest thing was when I got out there, I knew what I wanted to get into. I knew where I needed to be. I knew SWAT, it was happening. There was no if, ands, maybes about I was getting on a SWAT. Where you wanted to be. I, I knew where I wanted to be. And I worked with it even before that. Before I was on a SWAT team, I used to ask. I'd go to the commander and be like, what do I got to do? When are you guys training? I don't care. I'm getting off at 6 a.m. You train at 7. I'll go sleep in the canine's bed for an hour and I'll see you guys up there. And yeah, I'm not getting paid, but let me sit around and watch and see what you guys do. Let me see how you move. And I did that for a year and a half. What what can I do to get involved? What can I do to help? What can I do? Like anytime they had an operation, shit, what, what do you need? Tell me where, where I have to go. You know, gang, the same thing with the gang unit guys. I'd follow them everywhere. Anywhere they went, I'd make sure I was involved with it. I'd just listen to their radios and be like, okay, they're setting up here. They've got something here. Just, you, you just learn. You sit there and the way you learn is you got to get involved. A lot of people like to sit back and have people tell them what to do. No, get up there and you have to be proactive about it. You know, mm-hmm. some people are reactive. You got to be proactive about the scenario. So, That's awesome. um, yeah, I was in patrol and and I built a name without, and I'm a very humble individual when it comes to this stuff, but yeah. I built a name for myself very quickly when yeah. I got out there because I was the guy that if something's going on, there's a pretty good chance either I'm involved in it yeah, or man. I'm on my way over there to get off. You know? yeah, um, so, yeah, that was my big thing when I got in. Um, was I was in patrol for the first two years. And then after that, I mean, I just put my hand in everything I could get my hand into at the time allowed. Um, and yeah, but I loved it. I loved it all that. That's what's up, man. What would you say about the, I, like when I hear that, I hear a cheat code, man. Like, you know, success leaves clues unless you're clueless, you know? So like, to me, yeah. I'm just kind of like, okay guys, like you guys want to get on these special teams. <laughs> You guys want to get into an EP unit? I heard another guy, I guess, on the show, uh, Dustin, um, the other day, and he was like, yo, I was doing an interview with a guy, and the dude was like, um, he was like, yo, you know, I'm kind of new to the industry. Um, he, I think he was a cop transitioning, and he was like, would you mind if I just, like, maybe came out on a detail and just, like, kind of did a left seat, right seat with you guys? You don't have to pay me. Just let me come and be involved. And the reality, in my opinion, that shows a character that's like an employer or a team leader in any different right. sect is going to be like, that's the guy. Because 
it's more than just a job. Like you wanted to get on SWAT because like that was that was something you wanted to do for you. It sounds like like that was a life. Right. Like you wanted to get in the gangs because it was like, yo, I want to do this. Like the money is like up up. Like we need the money. The money's a perk. It right. does matter. It is important. However, the guys that kill it in whatever game they're in, it's more than just a job, you know? Okay. And that's what I see there is the cheat code to get in, just start putting sweat equity in and your gift will make room for you, man. You will become, the world will compensate you in direct proportion of your contribution. Start contributing as quick as you can, you know? Amen. It's gotta be more than just a job, man. hundred percent, man. No, it's, I totally agree with you. Just be willing to put the time in, show people that you have the accountability for yourself. And that you're willing to sacrifice, you know, that's what team, that's what they want to see as a team. What are you going to give to us? You know, are you going to be that selfish guy? that's like, all right, nine to five, five o'clock. I'm out of here. You don't know. Yeah, I'm cool I mean, now. I'm with the unit. I'm, yeah, cool. I'm good. Yeah. I'm cool. I got a patch. This, that, and other. No. And then when you get on, it's not over when you get on. You're going, to have to do this. you're going to have to do this stupid shit. You know, you might be older than half these guys, but you have to understand, you got to understand the hierarchy of this thing. Yep. You know, are you willing to deal with it? You know, and you got to drive the TRV. I don't want, I want to be an entry team. Well, too bad. You know what? They told you you're driving. Cool. I'm driving. What are the keys? You know, don't <laughs> yes, get, in there, get in there. And then when your time to, to shine, man, it's just, you're already there. You know, yeah. it's not a question. You've already done so much already that when it is your time, you're ready to step in and be like, boom, I got everything handled. Right. I know how to do this. I know how this operates. I know how to make this happen. Somebody went down. Guess what? I know this position already because I've been sitting here watching this for two years and I'm already ready to go, you know? And that's what people don't take consideration when they go for a lot of these positions. It's like, man, don't start now. You should have been starting this shit three years ago, you know, yeah. two years ago, a year ago, you know. Um, yeah. But it's like anything else we do. What do we do? We do a briefing. We have our debriefings. But before that, we have the intel pickup. You got to sit there and build up your case before you get out there. Why not do the same thing in life when you're pushing for something? You're studying. You're getting ready to go. Then the test comes. You know, yeah. you don't study during the test. <laughs> no, 100%. And, and, you know, like... I think the reality is you need time to become the person, you know, people want these titles and all this stuff and they want to be cool with the cool dudes, but you need time to become the person, the person that can be depended on. Otherwise you'll get crushed under the burden of the blessing. You know, you want to be on the movement team. You want to be on the movement team. You want to be on the movement team. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But are you mastering the residential team? And are you taking notes? Are you studying the movement team? You know, you might think you know what you have, but why, why is that team leader not putting you there? Cause he's still watching you and he knows you don't yet, you know? So you got to become become it's not about what you're doing it's about who you become you know and what, who you become is about what you're doing you know so nah, I, I dig it man i love that stuff what would you say um who are you at your core man on the deepest level <coughs> man behind the work i'm a humble person man i'm an easygoing person i'm i'm more of a family type guy i like to sit back relax and you know i might be another person when the switch goes on but you know yeah. when it comes to me this is mild tempered individual you know yeah. i don't I don't like, I like being behind the scenes. I like yeah. people not knowing. My biggest thing was I like people not knowing who I was. It was hard to stay that way because once you start putting yourself in front of things all the time, yeah. eventually your face is going to pop up. But I'm the guy that I like to sit behind the scenes and move because mm -hmm. for me personally, it's easy to move behind the scenes. Those people don't sit there. <laughs> you move out, get your job done, and I'm gone. Before you yeah. can even thank me, I'm, I'm out of here, you know? Nice. that's that's the type of individual i am i don't need the, the lights on me like honestly this is my first podcast man this is my first time doing something Coming like that. Out. That's exactly exactly for me it was like no social media i mean i don't want to be don't a private page if i am on there and 
Yeah. If I don't like it, you're not you're not gonna see who I am. You know, take a look at my dogs. <laughs> I don't know. It's like third grade now. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't trust I don't trust you, I don't like you. But you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's that East Coast, man. Y'all East Coast cats be like that, like crazy. What would you straight folk? Go ahead. We're straightforward people, man. East Coast is us. New York and Jersey people, straightforward people. If we don't like you, you'll know. We like you, you'll know too. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Uh, what's your mission now these days? I mean, just learning. Honestly, I'm in my second career now. It's 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 starting all over. It's just learning again. Um, I was blessed to get into an industry where I could utilize my past and just build off it. I mean, I work in a gun world. I mean, you can't get any better than that. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, I get to just networking, a lot of networking now, um, meeting good people, new people, um, people in the executive world. I mean, it's just all over the place. Yeah. Um, at this point, that's that's my new mission, just branching out making new connections, um, seeing what the world is holding for me now, you know? Yeah, man. Um, I dig it. And it's just cool. Like, it's just, in my opinion, it's really cool to be able to provide something that people can use to keep themselves safer. Like, okay, yes. you got a gun, you got a handgun, you learned how to use it, but like, now we can level that up. We can ratchet it up. I can give you a simple piece of equipment that can make, that's a force multiplier, you know, like, right. You know, because that, that's what I love about you guys is, man, my mission is to make the world a safer place by helping good people to become more dangerous, you know? Right, right, right. And you guys are doing no, that. I agree with you, man. It's definitely, and then to add on to that, it's just yeah. teaching. I mean, at this point in life and being a little older, you want to teach people. I mean, you got to hand down an hour of somewhere. You can't keep it when you disappear, yeah. you know? So I, the same thing like you're doing. You're teaching people how, how to protect themselves and how to become more dangerous individuals when that time comes. You know, you don't want to wait till the time comes and then try to learn how to be a dangerous individual. You know, it doesn't work like that. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's not going to work. But parachute, all you need is a parachute. Exactly. When you need exactly. a gun, you need a gun. Yeah. <laughs> you need a gun. You need to know how to use it because yeah. when shit happens, it doesn't happen like the movies. Yeah. <laughs> that does not. Real, man. But yeah, coming out and just teaching people and putting out that knowledge to your kids and mm -hmm. friends, family just civilians that want to know certain things like you said yeah and it's taken from there and these products also it, it helps a lot uh, it helps a whole lot it helps with the the like the competence is necessary but you can give this gear to someone who's a little less competent and maybe less physically potent like us yeah. and they can still and and that you, like i see it like I saw conversion kits like this the first time in Israel and I saw them everywhere. Like they got all kinds of different conversion kits all the time, all over the place over there. And I remember being like, yo, what's up with these conversion kits, man? Like, and you would see guards everywhere with like a lock in some type of conversion kit. And I remember being like, man, this is interesting, you know? And I, I never, now that, you know, I'm running my own teams and I'm thinking about the best weapons to put in their hands and stuff, you know, and sometimes when we go into more dangerous environments, I mean, the fact that, I can have a um, CCW weapon and I can throw it into a conversion kit and I can still conceal it. And I can, and I, so I can have a sidearm on my side and I can have my other one in my conversion kit in a backpack with a plate on it, you know, and, and I can have that in the trunk, not in the, I mean, you know, I can have it concealed. I can have it on my lap if I want. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. to be able to like, we run into a sticky situation or just a riot these days, you know, um, right. to be able to bring that to bear like that, you know, um, or even just to get a couple kits, throw them inside the, 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 the safe on, on duty, you know, that stuff's huge, man. Um, no, biggest lesson you learned, 
Um, oh, yo, so going from the academy to the streets, what was your biggest Ooh. lesson? Shit, we got to go to the academy first, man. I mean, I, I came in there and you think you're Billy Badass sometimes. And what I didn't take into consideration is that Jersey's all flat ground. California's not flat ground. So <laughs> I was able to run. And I'm not a small dude. I mean, Big I was difference. 200. I was like, shit, 250 when I came to the academy. I was like, oh, I'll just run, do what I'm doing here. But brother, them hills, them hills are unforgiving. Yeah. And it's not one of those little elevations. These elevations, man. I'm running with these little RTOs. And they're just fucking smoking up these hills. I'm like, bro, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not made. I'm a, I'm from A to B, man. Football, what are we running? <laughs> Maybe a, a quick sprint and we're done, you know? 100-yard yeah. sprint max. And, dude, those hills were unforgiving. I mean, you learn, and you obviously, with a mind, certain mindset you had to have, you push through it. But, I mean, I remember the first week they have a little hell week run that we do. Yeah. And it was like eight and a half mile run, I think, man. I swear to God, there was several times I just wanted to curse it, but I was like, bro, I'm fucking done with this shit, bro. I am not made, I am not chasing somebody eight and a half miles. Let's just talk about that. Right. But yeah. And then, but it, it, the thing is, it builds up and you'll get to see who really wants to be there, you know? That's yeah. what it comes down to. Because a lot of people quit after that little run. You're like, all right, man, if you're quitting with this, then there's going to be a life at that situation. It'll be a whole lot harder than running. Yeah. And Where's your heart? Now. Exactly. Where is your heart at this point in time? Yeah, man. But yeah, the academy, academy was fun. You got to build a lot there. Um, patrol, it was good, man. It was, I came out the box literally firing. Yeah. Um, so you go on your six months um, after the academy on your FTO phase. I had some good FTOs. I actually had some great FTOs. Um, mm -hmm. Guy by the name of Scott Novice was my primary. Cool, laid back guy. Kind of let me do my thing. But the biggest thing I feel like in FTO is just the knowledge. The knowledge, give as much knowledge as you can, and then your officer safety. Those are the two big things. Write reports. You could do that later. We can sit down in a safe spot and do that. But your officer safety is huge, which these days, I mean, we to have to dig into that stuff. Um, sure. As you see more and more stuff happening and more and more people are taking shots. Um, and then, yeah, just <laughs> learning the, the, the routes. That was one thing I had a hard time with being from Jersey, not knowing anything. Yeah. I mean, I had one FTO that he let me learn the hard way a couple of times that he'd kind of let me drive to these calls. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell I am, dude. Because they won't <laughs> let you use you. You can't use GPS. So they give you this map. You have this map and you got to sit there and like read a map while you're driving. And you're like, bro, I don't know where I'm at, right? Now. Oh. <laughs> you know? And then what my thing was, I was like, you know what? I'll just cheat the system. I'll just stay on the main road because I know this main road goes north and south and I'll sleep this and I'll go left to right off today. He's like, nope, get off this road and start figuring out these back streets. And in your head, you're like, yeah, you're making my life hard. But as That's the months go good. on, you start realizing you're never on this main road. You're always chasing somebody down some back road. You don't know if you're north, south, east, or west. And then the biggest thing out there is you got to know your direction. You got to know where you are because God forbid you get getting some shit. You got to tell people where you're at. You don't know where you're at. Nobody could come find you. you go down. You kind of shit That's out of luck. important piece know? of information on the battlefield, where you're at. Yep. Know your location. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, that was... uh. That was good getting all that out. Um, yeah, out of FTO, and then shit, I was what? So two months out of FTO, and then I got my first shooting. Really? Um, so came out. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I came out firing, man. I think it was what I came out August. I don't remember the dates, man. It was a couple months right after after FTO. Um, I got into my first shooting, so mm -hmm. I learned very quickly how to deal with critical incidents and how to deal with all that BS and. One thing I'll tell you is that these shootings don't happen the way you think. You think that you're going to go into this gun battle and that 
it's gonna be lined up perfect and you know where everybody is. Get John right Wick now. on, you know what I'm it's saying? Time, yeah, John Wick and I'm out him up. You know, I had the perfect line of sight and yeah. there's nobody in the way. There's a perfect backdrop. No, the shit did not happen that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was, uh, you should just talk about it, man. It literally happened. I was sitting there, I was um, down in South Hayward, um, right off of a spot uh, called Tennyson. And that's where, we do a little hunting ground area. You want to go find something? It's it's there. When you look for your warrants, it's there. there. That's like when you there's go. Always, that's, they're going to pass that route. They're coming uh, that way at some point. So I'm there. Uh, we'll get these little park rangers, puts out a phone call, put out a call. Um, he just got an accident with some RV. Sound like, sound like just some regular accident. Yeah. And legit, I could see where I'm at. It's about a quarter mile away. I could legit see this happening from where I'm sitting. <laughs> So they call out, he got an accident and he got into some altercation, the guy, and he maced the tribe. Okay. That's what I got. Got a, basically a, a disturbance and two guys arguing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a fender bender. Any, two any, dudes are mad about exactly. Any civilian would sit there and see that. Any person would hear that and they, all right, whatever. I'm going over there. I'm going to write an accident report real quick and I'll be moving along back to what I'm doing. Yeah. So I pull up, I'm the first one pulling up on scene. Um, and my partner is, she just clicks on the mic real quick. It's like, I'm, I'm on my way too. And then all of a sudden she said, Dispatch comes over, says we need a, he says he needs us code three. So I'm like, all right, I'm already here. I'm 97. I'm here. I get out the car. There's the RV is kissing the uh, front end of the truck. And across the street, there's a quinceanera going on. Bunch of kids all, all over the place. All right. Oh, Rangers standing stand in the middle of the road. Now we start seeing when I tell you, get your spidey senses running. And they tell oh, you, yeah. you know what's going to happen. Thing. That's another thing, too. That is real. It is a real thing. So spidey senses start going off. I park my car and as I'm parking, I'm kind of something tells me angle your car off because we have ballistic doors. And I was like, angle my car off. Something's telling me that I should not, I'm gonna have to get out of here quick in a second. Yeah. So Ranger standing in the middle of the street, he's giving me this dumb look on his face. Like he's not saying anything, but he's just standing there in the middle of the street. I'm like, dude, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Uh -huh. So I angle my car off, put my so I can open my door and God forbid dude comes out firing that at least I can jump behind my door real quick. And I'm asking the ranger, like, where's the guy? Not saying anything. Where's the guy at, man? Like, tell me so I can put out some traffic if he took off running so he could get yeah. somebody to go up. Not saying anything. All of a sudden, the kids across the street, everybody across the street, he's got a gun, he's got a gun, and he's in there. And I'm like, wait a minute. What the fuck just happened? I thought we went from an accident. Now dude's got a gun. Now we're going hot. So, exactly. So now this all happens within a matter of uh, probably a minute and a half. But it seems like it's a fucking eternity. <laughs> <Yeah, that's laughs> this is all the information I'm taking in. Yeah, man. And so as they're saying this, all of a sudden I see the RV start moving, like somebody's running inside of it. And I'm like, oh shit, somebody's in the fucking RV. Okay. So I'm like, let me get my car out the way. So all of a sudden, RV starts up. He sits down in the front seat. As he sits down, starts up the RV, and he starts taking off straight, straight ahead. And um, as so he starts taking off straight Oh, he's trying to get away, but the way he's getting away is he's ramming parked cars. So he's, remember, he's kissing this other truck. So he's ramming parked cars that are parked, and he's just pushing three, four, five cars. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, yeah. I, first of all, I'm like, I didn't know RVs were this fucking powerful. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, an RV. I had no idea that was pushing these cars. Yeah, so he's pushing these cars out. My first thought as a rookie is like, let me ram my car into it. I'm like, but wait a minute. This dude just pushed seven cars out the way. My car ain't doing shit to this thing. I'm driving an Explorer. Yeah. Point. So I'm like, all right, let me not do that. So at this point, I'm putting out, he's ramming, blah, blah. He's trying to take off, get away. Um, my other thought is that this dude's going to kill one of these kids over here. Because, again, remind you, there's a fucking quinceanera down the street. 
And Mexicans in Quinceanera is never small parties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's people all over the place. So as he's doing this, he's ramming, ramming, ramming. So I decided to move my car. I got in my car, moved my car. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to have to end up chasing this guy in a second. Yeah. My partner comes up and I could kind of kind of look behind me because I could see her lights coming up behind me. So I look behind me and all of a sudden I hear screeching tires. I'm like, what the hell is that? Dude threw the RV in reverse and now he's coming 100 miles an hour backwards. Wow. So he's coming this way. She's jumping out of her car. And I'm like, oh, shit, he's going to run her over and kill it. Okay. Boom, smashes her car. So I'm wow. like, the last thing I'm thinking is like, dude, I got to get the hell out of this way. And I think that he got, I thought he killed her because all of a sudden she disappeared and I don't know where she went. Okay. So I'm like, this motherfucker just killed my partner. So yeah. at this point, I'm getting ready to get my sidearm out. And yeah. I'm like, it's, you already cleared every policy we have at this point. I mean, deadly yeah. force is happening. Your weapon's free now. Exactly. So I go to do that. But as I'm looking at, I'm looking at my window, I'm like, what is that noise again, bro? Screeching tires again. His headlights are coming right at me. He's te- about to T-bone me. Wow. So when I tell you it was a movie scene in my head and everything slows down right oh, before you happens, went to yes. I went to straight up movie time and people think that people are nuts when they say this. No, after going through it, I'm telling you, it's a real deal scenario. So real. I'm watching it and I'm sitting there staring at my window. It, it seemed like a, a year I was standing. I was just looking at it. Like, you're just watching it in slow motion. motion. Dude, I'm like, like, this is going to suck, dude. I was like, this is going <laughs> to suck. Yep. So he's coming at me and my windows were up and he slams, T-bones me, boom. My windows all blew out. Like a movie, the slow motion, everything just blew out. Yeah. Um, it's crazy so how that? conscious you are. Like, it's crazy how, like, like in, when I've been in those situations, it's crazy, like, to think back at my thoughts, like how calm I was, like, oh, man, this is about to happen. I'm going right. to get, I can't get away from this. Yeah, there's no way <laughs> out like, of it. You're like you totally to... calm in your head. It's like, <laughs> And you're like, yep. Wow. <laughs> you're running through like everything. Everything you're told at that point, you run through all the problems. Can I solve this? Can I solve this? Can I... Nope, nothing I can do here. I'm gonna have to eat this. Well, one. Yeah, you know? I'm gonna have to eat this one exactly. This one of my feet. So at this point, now he rams my car. Boom! Windows blow out. Everything like that. And um, now my car is sideways, and he's pushing me into the curb. So I'm in my car, holding on to the steering wheel. I'm like falling out because my driver's side door is open still. So I'm like falling out. I'm like, dude, I got to hold on. I can't even grab my gun. I can't do anything. Now everything's pushed up against me in my car. I can't get my rifle. I can't get my sidearm. And this dude is within two seats away from me. I could end this right now if I had my gun in my hand. But I can't get anything because I'm crushed up against the damn car. I'm trying not to fall out of the car. So I remember looking at this guy's eyes. And, bro, he was tweaking high as a kite. Because I looked him dead in his eyes. Yeah. And he was just looking at me with that crazy look. And I'm like, crazy. dude, I'm like, bro. Like this. Yeah, pupils going all over the place. I can tell you exactly what each eye was doing at that point. Yeah. Now, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, so he's eventually, committed. he's committed. Oh, he's fully committed at this point in time. So now he's driving. And he's driving towards the kids. My car is starting to break off because he's trying to get away now. Yeah. So he's breaking off my car. My car somehow doesn't flip over. Lands. And then he's driving towards the kids. So I'm like, yo, he's going to kill every one of these kids. I'm like, yeah. legit, he's going to drive on his front lawn. He's going to take everybody out. Wow. And that's like one of my key things. I can watch dead bodies. You could, I can handle business with kids, but I can't watch that shit. I can't see yeah. kids die. I hate yeah. that. Um, so at a corner of my eye, I see my partner running down the street. So I'm like, oh, shit, okay, she's alive. Thank God. Yeah. So I'm jumping on my car. She gets in front of me. He ends up crashing into a van. And gets stuck on the van. So as he's stuck in the van, we're able to get up on the car. Get up on the car. She fires one shot into the car. Um, we're giving him commands. I don't know if she hit him at that point or not, but we're giving commands. And now I'm probably shit five, ten feet away from the car, and he's at gunpoint. We're giving commands. He's not moving. He's reaching around the car, reaching, oh, reaching, reaching, no. reaching, reaching. 
no. gave him two commands, and that was it. I'm like, this is it has to end there. Fucking, I dumped my gun into this car. Dump my gun into him and in the car. Right. Reload, come back up, get on him. He's down in the car. We're putting out traffic. I'm like, there's no way you survive this. I was like, nobody survives that type of shooting. Oh, the yes, the right freaking dudes. Yeah. Game, game's not over yet. Yo, this man, this is a marathon, bro. Like, yes, this is, is like a- the chapters on this, you know? <laughs> oh, there's yeah. chapters on it. Like, when people think that the, the one gunfire, it's going to be over and they're going to stop. No, that's not how life works. Absolutely. It does not work that way. The human body is amazing. Oh, it it is does amazing. some crazy shit. And on drugs, it does even better shit. Yeah. <laughs> so... It, so the dude goes down, he's down. I'm like, all right, there's no way he survived. And in my head, I'm like, all right, I can take a second to relax and figure out what the hell just happened. Yeah. Take a breath. No. A second later, dude sits up and looks at me. Okay. I'm like, no fucking way, bro. <laughs> I was like, no way you survived that. And then he's talking, he's speaking in Spanish. I'm like, bro, how the fuck? In my head, I was like, bro, how did you just survive that, bro? Golly. It was the day before Halloween. That's what it was. It was the day before Halloween. So I'm thinking in my head, zombie. I'm like, bro, zombies. Are real. <laughs> <This dude's> a <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, no way. So at this point, we got him to go. He's all torn up. There's no way he's reached for anything. I can see clearly his arms are ripped up. His hand is whatever. That's he's not that ineffective, at least, maybe. Everything besides his, from his neck down, he's hit. Besides the headshot. Yeah. So we eventually get up, get him out of the car, strip him out of there, cuff him everything. And at this point, as a cop, you get tapped out. So yeah. see, you secure the scene, and then you're gone. You're off the scene, and then you got to go do your whole part that nobody else sees and this is where you feel like you're a suspect at this point because it's weird that like and that's the thing about it people and that's that's the thing people don't tell you when you get into these shootings you think oh it's just a shooting and then you're done no the the hard work comes after the shooting the shooting is the easiest part of it honestly scrutiny comes after the shooting yes you get the scrutiny there's the unknown factors there's a lot of things that happen so you have the three battles you have the (laughs) the shooting in the scene you got the after effect, and then you got the mental portion. You got to battle through all that stuff, which is a whole other conversation that people don't have enough and that you need to have because there's a lot that goes into that. So they pull you off the scene, everything. You get your one representative, then you get what I call a babysitter. Somebody's got to sit there and watch you. You can't remove anything. At this point, you got to know where everything is on your body. You got to know your vest. So I, if you have an out of carry, you got to know where everything is. Your magazines, you got to know about how many bullets you shot. Like, there's a lot of factors. You're still coming down from being flooded. Oh, oh, oh. From the you're, you're still up. You're not coming down for <laughs> another day. You're still yeah, up. You're, no, you're yeah, still for like up, 72 hours, you're still up. Oh, like, you, are, you are still up. Yep. So, yeah, you do all that. They take you in. You get fingerprinted. They have to do that. They collect all. Everything is collected. They take your gun. They give you another gun, but okay. it's like you gotta you gotta know something. What's that? But it ain't your gun. It's gone now. It's gone. And if it was your gun, it's gone. You're not getting that back. That's another factor that you gotta talk about, which the MCK comes into play, which is great. Um, so yeah, you go through all that, and then you get your lawyer and all the above and so on and so forth. That process takes you, you're there probably for the, for about three hours. Um so after that, you uh normally don't talk to your lawyer. Um, or talk to get you to your interviews done until the next day. So you get to at least try to go to sleep. And if you got to go to get medically cleared, like I had to, because I was banging around by a car, you think you're fine until the next day. And then you're like, God, my neck, dude, I don't know where that came from. Yep. Um, and then you got to do that. So I'm, shit, it took me 12 hours. I didn't even do my interview before I got home. And I was at the hospital for another six, so on and so forth. <laughs> so that was the first one. Got cleared on that. Um, everything was good. Uh, thank God no kids died because that was my biggest thing after that shooting was done. I didn't even honestly didn't care about him. I was like, did any kids get hit? And I was like, are there any kids underneath that car? So they are. I'm not walking in front of that car right now. I can't look at that right now. 
So nobody was good. Everybody was good. Um, you did fortunately, I worked for, yeah, I worked for the department also that, I mean, if somebody hears shots fired, I mean, you got the world coming. I'm not concerned about anything. You know, the world is coming, you know? So I work in the department where that that's one good thing where some departments you see and you're like, dude, where the hell's your backup? You know, where like you're it? yelling out shots fired. You're telling them like, I'm, I've got one at gunpoint. It's like, Contact. Come on, guys. Like, do you need somebody code three? No, he just said shots fired, dude. Go, <laughs> you know. Um, so that's a cool thing there that I had. Wow. My ears were ringing. I thought I was deaf, but what happened? My earpiece fell out, and I didn't realize it was hanging, so I could hear a dispatcher barely. And I'm like, bro, I'm still so disheveled. I'm starting to figure out where the hell my earpiece is. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, that was the first one, man. That was that was a trip, and obviously there's more to that. Yeah. The mental battle things, but yeah, that was the first one, dude. So I came back right after that. Uh, I took two weeks off, came back, had to go do my psych thing and everything. And dude, I almost got into a shooting my first day back. What? First day back, swear to God. First day back, same area. What? Same street. The I'm hunting like, ground. Bro, I went back down there and I was doing my gang unit, following my gang units around, doing yeah. everything like that, bro. And I'm on the same area and it comes across, there was a guy um, cut off his anklet, just uh, assaulted a bunch of cops in San Jose, CHP cops, and they're um, tracking the anklet in our area. So we're asking like, where's it at? And they're like, Tennyson and where you're at. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, bro. He's right here. <laughs> you're like, right now, today, like I'm right like, now. All right, oh, I was like, here we go. I was like, let's do it again. Yeah. So they're circling around, gang units around the area blacked out. And they're like, yeah, we're looking for this type of vehicle, so on and so forth. So I hear one of my, uh, my at the time he was one of our sergeants, man, good dude. I'm not gonna put his name out there, but a real good guy. Uh, he was in charge of gang units at the time. Uh, I've learned a lot. I learned a lot of shit from him. A whole lot of my my tactics and coming up with things was from him and a couple of other guys that worked that day. And, oh, you got it. And he was the guy too. You knew if he was if he got on the radio, was talking for any reason, it was real. He, he was about to do something, and something was about to go down. And he got on the radio that day, and he's like, oh, "Give me the give me a description of that car again," which yeah. to me means I'm looking at the car right now. I'm yep. confirming <laughs> one more time. So I'm like immediately. I'm like, "Where you at?" So he's literally across the street from me. So I'm like, boom, start heading that way. He's like, all right, we got the car. We're going to do a VCT on it. So we're going to do a vehicle takedown on the car. So with the vehicle takedown, so people listen, don't know that, we'll do one in the front, one on the side, whatever side it is that we can block in, and then one in the back so he can't move anywhere. But if you don't simultaneously do that at the same time, or for any reason he starts going the wrong way, it, he's out. Shit could, go, shit could go south. Yeah. So as we're about to do the VCT on him, I'm holding as a trail car just in case he breaks out. And what happens? As soon as he sees their uh, their blacked out cars come up, they go to VCT. He rams, starts ramming uh, on my uh, sergeant's car. So he's committed. Rams the car. Oh, he's fully committed this time. So the sergeant thought we were about to start shooting, but the thing was, I couldn't shoot because where I was at, yep. I had my guys in front. I'm not. I'm not taking that shot. Yep. So guy breaks free, fucking hits. Freaking, uh, was it 90, not 95, what was it down there? Whatever the highway is down there. Um, hits the highway and the pursuit's on. Yep. Full pursuit. When I tell you it's one of the fastest pursuits I've done. From Hayward to Oakland is probably 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. We got to Oakland, I think, in about 12 minutes. We were t I topped my car at 130 miles an hour, and I was doing 130 for good five, six minutes. <laughs> good five, six minutes. Uh, I don't know many times. I think you want to go fast. Oh, dude. You got to go fast, and it's like, dude. It was a trip, man. It was definitely a trip. And I didn't think minivans move that fast. This minivan yeah. was cutting up. And I'm talking about 5 p.m. in traffic we're doing this. Okay. That was yeah, that was that was a sketchy situation. But either way, everybody was safe and we got through it. 
Yeah. Got into a dude ends up crashing in a field out where we're at, ended up in Alameda somewhere, um, crashed into a field. And it was me, my partner, who was a SWAT operator, another guy who was a SWAT operator. Um, ended up getting out, holding the gun points. We're like, bro, there's no way you run like that unless you got a gun in the car and you're going to shoot it out with us at this point. I'm like, I'm guaranteeing he shoots it out with us. Crashes, he's kind of fishing around and pops his head up. I had a rifle in the car, thank God, that day. Popped mm-hmm. the rifle out. And as soon as he sees it, dips his head, takes off into a field. It's a legit open baseball field, like with okay. like eight fields. And yeah. it's unending. <laughs> oh, the worst place ever. Oh, dude, it sucks. It for him sucks. to run. I don't, oh, yeah. Good for sucks. you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I wish we had a canine at that point. That would have been all day. Go get him, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, put pursuits on. And I guess this is my, I would have to say, the one point when I was working where I, I kind of proved everybody, like, I'm not full of shit. Like, this is what I do, and this is how I can handle business. Yeah. So we get into the chase, and dude, I put the rockets on. I'm, I'm a bigger dude, but I can move fast. But you, you know? got that I, sports I, background, man. You get that I got, so you're 40 times. I got, a little, I, got a little, I got a little speed, man. I got some mass behind it. And, dude, yeah. I took off. I'm blown by my partner. And I remember we talked afterwards. He's like, bro. He's like, I was thought I was running. I saw you just blow by. <laughs> I was like, I had one purpose. I was catching this dude. He's not leaving. So I get up, get up on him. He turns around. And at one point, I thought he was turning around with a gun. So I threw the gun up. And then I realized he threw his hands up. He's like, oh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And then we handled business accordingly. And nice. so on and so forth. And at that point, that's when I think I turned around. And I was like, all right, guys, like, I can handle business here. Like, let's let's get to the next step. Yeah. And fortunately, I had a couple SWAT guys there. And they called it. That was our, our bro moment. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right, man. We got one. We got one. Here, like, this cat's solid. Yeah, he's got it. He's got what it takes here. Yeah, so That's that good. was a good one, man. There, and then I mean, I had two others, two other yeah. OISs, and same thing, man. But with every OIS, I could say that I had, mm-hmm. it was a scenario that I had so much more knowledge on each one yeah. that I was able to prep myself. My body even was able to prep itself. With anybody that's been involved in critical incidents, mm-hmm. your body knows what to do before you even know what you know. You It'll start shutting calm. things down. Yep. Yes, you get calmer. Things start shutting down. Like the first time I lost my hearing. Yep. I didn't lose my hearing on the two. And I shot a rifle on my third yeah. one and did not lose an ounce of hearing. It was legit. My body shut my hearing down. Yep. Legit took whatever it needed. Move this from here. Heart rate was down. Like, I remember even listening to my radio traffic. And it was like, you don't sound like you're doing anything right now. And you know, it's, it's beautiful. <clears throat> I, I couldn't agree with you more. I was doing some training with the protector and um, he was getting all kind of like hyped up. Like he was like, yo, he was like, all right, and we're about to do force on force. And he was like, I'm just getting in the zone right now. And I'm like, homie, homie, you need to just calm yourself down. What's going to happen is going to happen, man. We've either lived the lifestyle and done the training to win or not. This is our game plan. Let's walk through it. Because that it's, it's the, I believe the stress inoculation training is so good to get you as close as you can get to have, being able to manage those nerves, manage all the shakes and to be able to just come on the mic and be like hey i'm here i need this i need that find work turn a kid up like do your stuff and stay in that zone man and that's that's really the the major advantage i think experienced protectors have you know um well it's the advantage and it's the disadvantage because these hood rat cats are out there doing hood rat stuff all day and all night that's their job you know your average protector like even just a normal person who's trying to protect their family, they're just trying to do their nine to five and live their life. 
Um, but guys like us that have been in these types of situations, I think it's why we're so valuable because when the heat gets turned up and chaos rears its ugly head, we're the guys that are going to be calm and be able to navigate through that stuff and lead and shine, man. That's, that's, uh, that's awesome, man. I'm proud of you, bro. Yeah, that's and, huge, man. It's definitely huge, like you said. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's knowledge and time, like anything else. Guys that are out there overseas and stuff, and I mean, the guys that really work operators in certain aspects like that. I mean, it's 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 crazy how you see you looking at me like, how the hell are these guys so calm? They're moving, everything is just, yep. it's like almost like they're eating, it's like slow motion, walking. Like... It's slow motion, but to them, it's just like it's, it's a flow, you know. And another thing, to, you know, and when especially with you, you've been working with teams and things like that. And even when you work with your guys, once you start getting to the point where you don't have to talk, and I know. It moves right. I'm moving left. I'm up, down. It's it's a point where it's it's almost like a dance. What we used to call it it. just be dancing. It's a flow. You're reading rooms. I know he knows how to read this room, so I'm I'm trusting in this. You know, There's something so, so sacred about it, man. I love yeah. that. And everyone's just in the right spot. You know, like you glance yeah. inside your your eye, and it's like he's already there. Boom, and you're linking yep. flowing, man. I love that stuff. You were saying how much the human body can take, and I had a situation in Iraq where we were rolling um, and them spidey senses, man, it's so real. I'm sitting here and I'm in my convoy. I think I'm the second vehicle, second vehicle, third vehicle, uh, didn't have an up gun, right? So we're in a high back and this is like, you know, this is my first deployment. So, you know, this is before, the, while they were still using the high backs and I'm in a high back with all the boys. So we're like up kind of exposed and I see a vehicle um, all the vehicles, we make them pull off the road, right? Pull off the road. We're pulling every, all the vehicles are pulling off the road. And then one vehicle pulls off the road and you just get that feeling like, mm, I don't know about you, homie, like something just ain't. And then at the last minute, and we're trained in on him and we're watching him, watching him, watching him. And at the last minute, he angles his wheels back inboard. The vehicle behind me didn't have an up gun on it. And I'm just like, and I just remember being like, Foster, uh, check this blue opal coming up um, on your left. And sure enough, man, he hits the gas, boom. And he's, and so, you know, we're working with VBIEDs, vehicle borne IEDs, bombs that people put in cars for those listening who aren't familiar with it. And dude's blasting, like he's flying straight at the vehicle behind me. And I'm like looking at him and I can't quite get the shot because we go, we're, he's driving this way. And we go up over a hill and disappear and we can't see him. Uh, and then all of a sudden we go up over this little dip to where I can't see him. We stop and you just hear boom. And I see this huge explosion happen right over the, the back of the thing. So I'm thinking like, yo, did my boys, did, did he actually execute? Did he, did my boys get hit? And I haven't heard any gunfire yet. Boom, 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 boom. And I get out of the vehicle and I'm running towards like trying to get back. You know, we're all like, get out of the vehicle. We fan out and we're trying to get back up the side of the road, up this kind of like the trenches and things on the side of the road to where the other vehicle is. And then there's another explosion, boom. And then there's another explosion, boom. And I'm like, yo, what's going on? Like this guy have a whole battery of, you know, like what's going on? Boom, boom. Turns out dude had, I want to say it was like 200 and some odd pounds of explosives in that vehicle. He had like seven propane tanks rigged to explode, but they wired it incorrectly. So they exploded. Um, they all exploded one by one by one by one by one. Yeah. So this thing's going ham. Boom, 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 boom. And we're running into yeah. the explosions trying to get to trying to get to where I can get eyes on and actually get some shots off. 
And as I'm running up, these explosions are still happening. And then, um, so seven propane tanks blow up in this car with my man, with, with, with you know, with, with my moosh dude, with moosh, yeah. moosh yeah. my man. And all of a sudden, like the dust settles and like debris falling all around us. And like, we're looking at the vehicle. Now he pulled up the last, he, he the seven ton comes around. So we have a seven ton now with a whole squad of Marines in the back trained in on this vehicle. Uh, we have the up gun turns in, trained in on the vehicle. Um, he didn't make it to the third vehicle before everything blew up. I don't know what happened. I don't know if they shot it or got it to initiate somehow. And he is just in front of all of us. We're in like a half moon shape. And this thing is just blowing up and it finishes blowing up. And we're just like, wow. And then at the end, all of a sudden you hear this like, like rustling around get, and you're like, get the hell out of here. No way. And this dude, no, bro. <laughs> can't get out the door. And he crawls out, out, oh pops out the car and he stands up. And he's acting like he's going to try to do something like shoot or whatever. And so you already know, man, we had dude tap dancing for a minute on the yep. side of the car. But like, you know, of course, we just lit him up, man. But I was so amazed, you know, and that was right when we got into Iraq, our very first, you know, and this is war. So, you know, we just took him and just strapped him to the front of the Humvee like a deer and just drove him to the nearest mosque and was just like, yep. hey. 3-1 is here. You guys play games. You're going to win prizes. This is how we get down. Dropped them off. and uh, But I was, I've was always been amazed at what the human body, seven propane takes now. If they rigged it properly, it would have decimated the last two vehicles in our convoy. I'd have probably yeah. been okay because the way the road was shaped, the blast would have probably went over our head, but the concussion and all these things. You know, um, but yeah, man, to, to, to corroborate what you're saying, that them spidey senses are real. That bullet time is very real. I've always been amazed at how calm I am, you know? Like, I've been in some fights, like, where I was losing one time, and I was getting punched in the face, and this dude was on top of me just feeding me. And I remember just being like, wow, I think I'm losing. <laughs> He's just yeah, sitting there, pop, pop, yeah, and I'm like, I'm getting yeah. punched in the face right now. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy you know? what your body does, man. Yeah, you have a whole conversation about things. <laughs> exactly, yeah. man. That's wild. Man, this man. shit sucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. This sucks, man. You know, fortunately, I had somebody there to push him off me. You know, and then yeah. I didn't go too ham on him after I got up because he he won fair and square. But yeah, I was just yeah, like, yeah. Oh man. Anyway, so no, funny, man. gangs, man. Gangs, what was it like working in the gang units? I know some guys want to go SWAT. I know some guys want to do the gang stuff or like MIT team, task force, uh, you know, fugitive. So, yeah, that like? uh, working with the gang guys is fun, man. Um, did a lot of UC stuff for them. I did a lot of the takedowns, the majority of the stuff that we did. Um, yeah. We did a big operation out there. Um, and you get to see a lot of stuff when you're doing um, a lot of uh, phone taps and things like that that we've done. Um, you have to hear a lot of things. Culturally, it's different because coming from the East Coast to West Coast, it's a different culture. Mm -hmm. I feel like on the West Coast, especially with these new age gangsters, man, it's these young kids, there's no organization. Really? No other organization, I feel. Well, at least where I was at, with what I was dealing with. Yeah. There's no hierarchy, so there's no respect yeah. for anybody. Like, the OGs, like, a lot of them are like, they're like, dude, we're done with these fucking kids. No like, seniority, no nothing. No respect. They're, 
dude, there's no respect. There's no hierarchy. There's no purpose. Like a lot of the guys we dealt with, the Russians, Italians, things like that out there, even a lot of the black gangs and stuff, there's a hierarchy. There's a purpose. If they're dealing dope, they're dealing big weight for money. There's a purpose behind it. They want to drive around in big cars, get big homes, do things like that. Yeah. A lot of these kids, you did, and the thing is, it's like, all right, they got money. They, they're doing things, you know? They right. can go out and eat this, nice steak dinners at Morton's and pay yeah. for the thing all cash. You What's know? the point? <laughs> like yeah. they just do What's the, the point of doing this if you're not doing it for, like, a purpose? Like, at least right. I can respect that much that you're doing, you're doing something like that. These kids, it's like, they don't have two nickels to rub together to go fucking go to Burger King. Some of these people. Wow. And you're like, what are you doing? So it's like, it's like they're culture. killing each other. It's it, That's what it is. It's a culture thing. It's like this big social media push. And I'm like, bro, first, you guys are fucking it up. You know, <laughs> yeah, you like, like you're, you're not supposed to be on social media. That's the first fucking thing. Like, right. This doing? is not about <laughs> likes, man. Yeah, you dumbass. But um, yeah, that's what I feel like a lot of it was that, man. A lot of these, and the thing is, these gangsters, they're not like what you used to look for back in the day, man. You're not mm-hmm. looking for the tattoos all over the face, the hardcore looking motherfucker. It's really a 15, 16 year old. I pulled 13 year olds out of the car, about to pull a gun on me, bro. Wow. I, I'm telling that's you, like man, these kids are young. Dude, it's it's they're younger and fucking younger and younger. It's not the ones you think they are, man. It's these days you got to question everything. I remember we pulled uh we had an op we were doing, and um we hit this car because we knew it had guns in the car. And as soon as I get up to the car, look, I mean, luckily I knew already, but it's like this little baby face kid sitting there. You know, uh-huh. the kid was fourteen, and I'm sitting there looking at him, and I'm like, I know there's a gun in the car, so I got to do it accordingly. But you want to kind of instant, yeah. instantly like. It's like, all right, let's calm down. It's a fucking kid in the car. Yeah. But, dude, I, I'm looking at him, and he's moving, and I'm like, I'm opening this door. But I open the door, he's got a fucking Glock sitting in the door. He's trying to reach for it. And I'm like, bro, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, what are you doing? I'm going to kill you. Like, what, what do you think's going to happen? You don't even know what you're doing <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the scary thing is, man, there's some killers out there. I've, we've cleared some scenes and picked up some dead bodies, man. We had a kid fucking spray up a van with a 12 and a 15-year-old in it with a fucking AK. Wow. Like it's like, dude, yeah. And the kid was fourteen, I believe he was. Yeah, he was fourteen years old, and fucking his life's over. But at the same time, it's like this is what this is what you're out here killing. What could you have possibly been killing this kid about? There's nothing. Yeah. At fourteen years old, you have nothing. Yeah, you don't yeah. know nothing. Like, you don't know, know enough to tell yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So that was a lot of what we dealt with with that with, with in the gang. It was a lot of these young kids, man. Um, when you get to the hardcore guys, though, like cartel shit, it's that's that's a whole different monster, man. Those guys. I've never really dealt with the Middle Eastern and ISIS and stuff like that, but from yeah. the stuff that I know and what I've seen and the studying that I've done up on things, it's I almost rather deal with ISIS. At least they just fucking blow you up and call it a fucking day. These guys, I mean, it's it's fucked up, man. And the stuff that they do to you and they'll do your family, dogs, and everything else that you got before they do to you, just to make sure you suffer first. You know, it's 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 pretty fucked up to see this stuff, man. And you see some of these videos of a lot of these um assassinations that they have and bro, they they've got the things they got the deep pockets so they'll they'll hire and do whatever they want they got doctors on staff they'll sit there and keep you alive as long as possible have you down to your last rib um down to your last rib and fucking be done with it you know <laughs> just to keep you alive so yeah i've watched some yeah it's, it's pretty bad man so you deal with a lot of that stuff seen a lot of these uh sicarios and stuff that come mm-hmm. out here like i've seen some legit hitmen come out and you watch them move and you're like it's impressive like they come in, they handle business, and they're out. This is like this. You did something bad. They send somebody up there to get you. So, wow. um, yeah, gang unit stuff was fun, man. It was a lot of fun. I mean, you're not dealing with patrol BS. You don't have to deal with somebody that's complaining about the kid not listening to them. 
You know, you're out there like I feel like it was a like you're handling a purpose. We're out there getting guns off the street. We're not getting little dime bags and stuff like that. You're getting some major weight, moving yeah. with people. Um, so that was fun. It's it's satisfying and you work with good people too. I mean, interagency um collaborations um were fun to deal with too. So and then you mix them up and swap. We do our hits and go and get our ops done and so yeah, it, it was fun there. Gang stuff was fun. What would you say? What about sex crimes, man? Is there anything that civilians can do to avoid? Like, what what's the the prey like? Like, is there anything that civilians can do to avoid having that impact their lives? Like, is there a mistake you'd see, or like any advice you can give civilians to, just to kind of steer clear of that? Type of thing? Stay aware, man. I would say with anything, not even just sex crimes, just stay aware. Yeah, like, we live in a world that we like living. I tell people this. Most civilians live in this bubble and they don't mm -hmm. want to get out of that bubble. That bubble is their security. They don't want to see what's outside of it. No matter what the hell is going on, they don't want to see what's outside of it. You yeah. got to pop that bubble sometimes. I'm sorry. You got to pay attention to what's going on around you, especially when you have kids involved in the family and stuff. I mean, there's always the, the 1% of the world that's bad because 99% of the people in this world are good people. Yeah, they're stupid true. shit, but they're good people. You know, 1% of the world that deserves everything and anything coming their way to get it handled accordingly. But to watch out for that 1% of the world, you just you got to be attentive, man. These days, what are we on? Everybody's on their phone. They're doing something. Right. Their head's in the clouds, you know? And people that are preying on you, that's easy hits, you know? Yep. You know that the same way. If you're sitting there and you have a target to hit and their head's down on the phone, guess what? I can close it up on you and take you out. You don't even know you're dead, you know? <laughs> half speed, like quarter speed. Yeah. You don't even know what happened. What's the hardest lesson you learned out there as a protector, man? It's probably letting go and just not taking things personal. Mm. it's it's easy to be tainted with things in life that you see things being impartial is hard to be sometimes because especially with kid crimes and things like that you run across and find that individual and you're like all right you're, you did it as a you did this to a five-year-old all right you've got a 35 year old in front of you that can handle business accordingly let's play a game you know yeah. let's close the door and see who comes out of the room yeah exactly that's right. what you want to do but being impartial and patience man got to be patient with a lot of this stuff too because we're as human beings we want instant gratification a lot of this stuff and working in as a police officer especially you can't you're not the jury and the executioner or something and you have to understand that you know and that's it's hard to not to want to deal with certain people accordingly so i would say that definitely was a big part of it for me because i'm the type of individual that i want to be like all right you're the six-year-old we can fix it. I'll take care of it. Fix you. Yeah, I can fix it. I'll <laughs> deal with it. She's fucked up for life or he's fucked up for life, but now let's let's deal with you now, you know? Um, so yeah, that was the hard part was just getting away from that. And then it's learning to actually I'll take that back all together. Learning to speak about shit. That's what it was. Hmm. Learning to get out everything that you keep in. Because as human beings, as men, what do we do? Yeah. We keep it in, we think we're fucking we're solid sure. all the way around 24-7. It's it's not true, man. I mean, I'm I'm a humble person. I like to keep my business my business, but at the end of the day, when we take in this much trauma, and this is what I was talking about before that people don't talk about enough, you got to get it out, man. You got to talk about it. You got to do it. Whatever it is you got to do to get that fucking empty that bag that you got in there out, you got to do it, man. Because mentally, and you see it a lot with the rate of suicides and all that shit, man, keep it in. With strong people, with strong men, women, all the above, but there's only so much you can keep in there. The way I'd like to do it, see, talk about it is, I forgot who said this, but it's like having a backpack on, man. And every time you take a step, you put a pebble in it. Every time that pebble is that, that piece of trauma that you took in or critical into you seen. 
yeah, after five or six of those pebbles, yeah, you carry that bag around all day. But once you get to about a hundred fucking pebbles in that bag, that shit starts getting heavy as hell. You know what I'm saying? You put another hundred in there, you're gonna, you're gonna break your back. Yeah, exactly. Eventually, that bag is going to get heavy. It might be little pebbles, but that shit it starts adding up. Yeah, so I would say the biggest part is taking care of your mental. You know, mm-hmm. take care of your mental. Make sure you handle business with that. You know, that yeah. was that was that was actually my hardest part, uh, hardest lesson that I've learned: taking it's, care of my mental. It's counterintuitive for us because even for me, when I got back from Iraq, both times I had, you know, I dealt with my, like, I'm a really strong-minded person and I dealt with my PTSD, like the first 30 days, I drank a fifth of vodka every single day, every single warm by myself in my freaking little cubby in the Marine Corps. I just, nighttime would come and I just would get angry. Like I just was pissed and I was just like, And I just remember being so pissed. And I remember being like, yo, I need a drink. I wasn't old enough to drink, to, to buy alcohol yet. I was just old enough to fight in the war. So I had my homie go and grab me a fifth of absolute vodka. And I would sit there and just punish myself and just drink it. And then after about 30 days, my, my liver started to hurt. When we go and run, <laughs> my kidney was <laughs> And unfortunately, yeah. I had the wherewithal to stop, you know, and then um, it would take about a year for me to feel normal again, like in civilian life. And then, uh, and then it was time to go back to war, you know? And then, cause we'd be back for a year and then kick back off. <clears throat> and I did those two deployments. And then um, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I didn't realize that I was addicted to, my, to dopamine. Like I was addicted cause I'm an intense human already. So I was addicted yeah. to like that feeling of going fast, going hard, you know, being in that world where everything is so intense all the time. And I was always, ch- I started chasing that high and I got mixed up into all kinds of things, drugs and like, just all kinds of things. Now, fortunately, I was extremely high. Uh, I was able, I was extremely high operating person. So I could while out at nighttime and then show up in the morning and be effective. But years for me to really step back and be like, yo, what are you actually doing right now? You know, and I had to tell stories, you know, I had to talk, process out loud, just exactly what you're saying and talk about it and talk about it. And I even started keeping a journal and writing it out because I had to get it out and start normalizing it and processing it. And um, yeah. and then I changed my environment. I moved to Florida, you know, and, and that stuff really helped me navigate that. But I'm fortunate I didn't die in the process or end up in jail doing something stupid. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of protectors need to really listen to that, man, because it's sneaky. <laughs> it's yeah, no, it is, man. It is. And another factor about that also you know who i was talking to about this for a brief moment shot show was tony mcbride we had a conversation mm. about this yeah so she obviously got into her business out there yeah. um with it and it's a conversation that you can't have it with everybody it's not like one of those things even in a relationship yeah talk you to your talk spouse. about exactly because if they don't and the thing is we expect them to understand and that was my problem i expected everybody to understand yeah. so i'll sit there and like i got into one of my shootings and i was dating somebody at the time and I was like, oh, yeah, I got into a shooting, blah, blah, blah. This happened. It was kind of like you want a certain reaction. You expect it and you don't get it. And you're like, what the fuck? Did you hear what I just said? Like, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, did do it. you want Cheerios or do you want? Oh, bro. And exactly. And then inside you get infuriated because you're like, bro, are you fucking listening to me? <laughs> I'm trying and to they ask some, Yeah. Like, uh, okay, you want me to make dinner? It's like, bro, I don't want to eat right now. <laughs> you know, like, what, what are you talking about? God bless the civilians, like, man. Yeah, and then what you have to understand is that they won't understand. It's not their fault, you know? That's yeah. a lot that I had to learn, too, after 
like you sit down and I have to go to see the doctor and see the psychiatrist and everything. And I'm a prideful person, so you yeah. don't want to do that because you're like, yeah. fuck you, I hate doctors and so on and so forth. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't need anything. I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm fine. Well, you sit there and you just stare at each other for an hour. Yeah. Like, all right, I'm not talking. I'm not saying shit. He's gonna play <laughs> first. Oh, hours up. I'm out. You can't help me. Time's up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time's up. Gotta go. You know. So um, yeah, that's that's huge to, to do that, man. It's just definitely talk about it, get it out. Um yeah. like I said, that's why we do deep. Exactly. Do debriefs because of that. Tell your story, man. A lot of people are scared to tell you, tell your fucking story, man. Tell people. There's somebody out there that wants to listen or is sitting at home too and waiting for somebody to hear like, oh shit, there's somebody else that's feeling this. There's somebody else that actually went through the same shit. Like, I'm not the only one. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, you're not the only person. <laughs> there's a lot of people out there like, you know, that's what's great about our world too is that we can we see that. Yeah. A lot of people see that and it's relatable, man. We tell stories. We can tell these fucked up stories. Right. That to most people, they're fucked up stories, but to us, it makes sense. It makes like, sense. No, I saw it. You know, like you sit there and oh yeah, I had to do that then. And it's like somebody be like, oh, that's fucked up. Like, no, it's legit what was going on, bro. Like that's <laughs> what was happening. Right. Yeah, man. No, you it's know? true. You know? And even now, sometimes I tell the stories now that I've been, you know, on this side of things for so long. I'm like, man, that really happened. Like now, because I've had some distance between, I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, that's like it's exactly. crazy. Well, while I'm telling it, sometimes I'm like, man, that's wild, you know. Yeah. What would you say is your proudest moment in the field, man? Like the moment that you were like, wow, you know, this is bang around. We're doing some stuff here that really matters. What was your proudest moment? Um, I've had a couple of them. I'd have to say, I'd have to give you two because there was two times that things came out that I was like, all right, I did it. It happened. You got it cleared. Yeah. Big one was uh, honestly, like I told you, my my one point factor that I know about me that gives me the most gratification of kids, man. I love kids. I love just the the natural, like clean version of human beings they are because they're not painted in any way at like the age of before like ten, and then after that they're freaking robot jobs. But yeah, there was a there was a scenario, man. Me and my partner, so this girl. This lady was shopping for a kid, single mother, was shopping for her kids, got the kids all new stuff. You know, she was obviously not well off with things. Got them all new book bags. And you know, as kids, you get all excited about that stuff. We go to school, I got the new book bag and a book. My mom hooked it up, so on and so mm -hmm. forth. That's a little asshole broke into the car, took their shit, and then, like, they had nothing. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> we were fortunate. Horrible, man. It's like, dude, it's come like, on, man. It's a bunch man. of kids' stuff. You know, all the stuff you took is a bunch of kids' stuff. Like, dude, come on. So, we were able to. Uh, go in our sergeant gave us the thumbs up go buy them a bunch of stuff just bought them a bunch of stuff legit loaded up everything gave them everything they wanted and then like just dumped it off of their car like well, this is here for you and I, again like i told you i'm behind the scenes type of person so i like like dumping and get the hell out of there like i don't yeah. want to take pictures i don't want to do all that like i want to say thank you get out like go yeah. but i mean get to see him the kid came up and you could see that well, you could see the joy in this kid's face like <laughs> little girl's face was so fucking happy like inside, yeah. I was like, dude, you better not fucking tear up right now in front of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, <laughs> like, up, dog. man, man up. the fuck up, bro. No, no, you better not. You better not do it. Um, right, right, Just right. the joy, the complete joy. Like it was legit, like sincere joy. Not any bullshit. Like, oh, yeah, thank you, blah, blah. Because I have to say thank you. Right, you know, right. Like that to me was like instant gratification to me with that. And then um, another one was a little more fucked up scenario. Um, we had uh, another story. 
this one I actually thought I was, was I thought I was gonna die in this house. That was, this was like legit fucked up. So we got a call, shots fired um, at this house, but South Hayward. It's like, all right, shots fired. You got to give me more than that. Every the shots fired every twenty seconds. In this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're like, all right, shots fired again. Then they're like, confirmed. They got one down in the front lawn. Like multiple people were calling. They're like, all right, this is legit. Okay. So me and my partner pull up down there at the same time. He pulls up first, and he confirms like, all right, I got one down in the front lawn. Um, front doors open. Um, and he's crawling out like he shot multiple times. So I pull up right after he pulls the clickers out. So what I see is dude on the front lawn crawling his hands and knees. He's clearly paralyzed. You can see his bottom, his back is riddled with bullets. So he's crawling. And as you know, I mean, you want to do first aid on somebody, but you can't. You got to safe the scene. So it's like one of those things like, dude, sorry, but clear him real quick. Make sure you don't have a gun on him. And then you got to go to work. So I come up to the door, I'm holding the door. And as I look in the door, man, I swear to God, it looked like, it was one of the worst scenes I've ever walked into in my life. It was blood everywhere. Dude. Wow. Like blood, if there was a corner of the ceiling wall, handprints, blood all over the wall, blood all over the floor. And this was just the living room. I didn't even get out of the living room yet. This was just wow. me looking through the living room. It was blood everywhere. Wow. So then I'm looking around and I'm looking at people to see where it is. There's a dude laying face first in the kitchen. Okay. And he's down, he's clearly dead. And then there's there's the um, the FNN, the five point five seven rounds all over the place. So okay. I'm like, this is another problem because our vests don't stop these motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, boys, just letting you know, we got rifle rounds all over the place. And if you got tack vests, bring them now. Yeah. Um, because I didn't get a chance to grab my tack vest out the car. Yeah. So, so I'm still naked. Yeah. <laughs> so you're yeah, feeling I feel naked, naked at this point. Exactly. I mean, I had one plate in the front, but I'm like, dude, it is at this point. It is what it is. Yeah. Um. So I'm holding at the front door and I'm waiting for another person to come up. And then that point where everybody trains for, and then it's that HRT situation. Everybody thinks it'll never happen. It happens. I hear a scream in the back room. So I hear a scream in the back room and I'm like, you know what? He's probably back there about killed another person now. So I had my partner with me. He was a younger kid, just got on brand new, was still wet behind the ears and he was more timid mm-hmm. in the situation. So yeah, he was almost like, wait, 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 wait. I'm like, motherfucker, we're going now. I was like, hold that kitchen. I will clear these rooms myself. So yeah. I start going to work. I work through the left, go to the left side of the house. I'm like, bro, don't let anybody shoot me in the fucking back. Yep. Start clearing rooms. And this is the worst fucking scene that you want. It's scary. It's slow methodical. Solo clearing it's, rooms it's, in the house? Oh, dude, it's fucking terrible. But at that point in time, you're you're in the zone, you're in a mode, bro. And yep. it's like, you're find and yeah. find, destroy. And if it's you and him, it's me and you right now. If I go down, you're going down with me. So I'm booting doors and I'm just waiting for it. Boom, waiting, boom, waiting, boom, waiting. And I got one more and I was like, better be back here. Yep. Kick the last door. I see a lady, and I almost shot her ass because she starts putting her hand up, but she fucking throws her hands up. But I see clearly she's down. Right. So what had happened was, I guess she was hurt. She was screaming for me to come back there and get her. So I grab her, and I'm still looking because I'm like, this dude could still be back here, girl. Whoever the fuck it is, grab her. Her legs busted up. I don't know how she busted up, but blood all over the fucking room back there too. And I'm like, bro, what is going on here? I'm not seeing any other bodies. I'm like, something is missing. This yeah. scene is something. Like I'm missing up something. Here. There's a link here. Exactly. But at that point, what to answer your question satisfaction wise, being able to go in there and actually rescue somebody like that and to legitimately do it. I mean, she was fighting the fuck out of me. And she's like, Oh, my pants are falling. Like, Lady, fuck your pants right now, bro. We'll leave. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, no one cares. I don't care if you're no a butt We are drinking. And then I had to drag her out like the back of her fucking neck. She don't have any rescue fucking straps on us. So fucking making her goddamn rescue straps out of a bra on her shirt. Then I'm just yeah. grabbing and dragging her out. We're going. So I grab her out, yeah, throw her on the front lawn, and then she's cursing me the fuck out. And I'm like, all right, you're welcome. But either way. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Get her up. Yeah, I got you. That's, your that life right there to me. 
Exactly. To me, that point right there was like, all right, I did what I had to. I've been trained up to this moment how many fucking times in my life. And I'm like, I didn't think I'd ever have to use it, but I just used it. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. And I got somebody out of there and actually saved somebody that had nothing to do with the scenario. Finished the story. We cleared the house. Dude, in, uh, in the kitchen, I told his face that he's dead. Clearly took a fucking round right to the heart. Okay. Um, went and cleared the rest of the house. Pulled him out. The kitchen was full of bullet holes, bro. I don't know. It looked, legit looked like there was seven people. Seven people in there in a gunfight is what it looked like. Take him out, clear the house, we're good. Long story short, what happened was, like I said, I was on a gang unit. We knew this house, dude that lived there, we knew who it was. So that's what I was expecting to see, but couldn't find him there. Right. He's selling a bunch of dope out of the house. Uh-huh. He has the house rigged with cameras, though. So they tried pulling a dope rip on him. Okay. So these two dudes tried breaking in the house and ripping him off, going to get his yeah. shit. What they didn't know is this motherfucker was sitting there, locked, loaded, ready to go. So... And that was his mom's house, too, that he was living in. So I guess they went one through the back, one through the front. But this motherfucker was sitting there waiting with a goddamn FN and went to town. Wow. Went to work and went to work fast. First dude that we found in the front lawn was the first dude that came through the front door, went back out the front door. So that's why he was all riddled up, because he shot him in the front. And then we went to run with his ass up in the back. His ass was not walking anymore. Dude came in through the back uh, kitchen door. They got into a shootout in there. I guess when he got lit up, the dude that was in the house got lit up also. So that's all the blood that I was seeing. He got hit in the leg and fucking squirting all over the place. And then he ends up shooting this dude one time in the heart, fucking ended up smoking this dude. And another two guys I got, got out of there without getting shot. And then all the blood was between the three of them fucking just squirting everywhere. It was a nightmare, bro. But yeah, that was probably, that was a huge proud moment for me. Like internally, I didn't obviously express it to anybody. I was like, bro, I just went in there. We handled business accordingly. Everybody came out, no issues, because I was like, dude, this is it. I was like, this is the one. Like, this is where it goes, happens. This yeah. is where my last call is. Yeah. You know, so getting out of that, that was a problem with me. But yeah, between that and that call, like I told you, getting that kid out and um, getting all her stuff, man, that, that legit that's moment there was, that was, that was, that's my soft side. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you get. <laughs> that's all you get, bro. You know, like, one, you know, there's just so much to be said for the emotional intelligence and, to have what it takes to go into that fray, that chaos, that darkness under fire where there's blood, there's a, it, you're committed, it's confirmed. This is this is that encounter. And close, everyone thinks CQB is so sexy. Yo, that stuff is, it's so dangerous. Like everyone gets shot when you're that close. Like, like every, you go get shot, they go get shot, everyone's getting shot. Like it's, it is the real deal. That is, that is the real deal stuff, man. So you know, and I, and I know those feelings, man, when you're going into those rooms and you're by yourself and you're like, this is it. This I'm going to hit this door. He's going to open up and I have to kill him. <laughs> you know, and he and he's pretty ready, you know, so yeah. and that's, that's awesome. And then to be able to snatch someone from death, that's huge, you know, so. So with all that experience, man, what would you say about what you guys are doing at, at, at CCAA right now in terms of the, the hardware you guys are supplying, you know? So honestly, I feel like this this product, man, just makes it it's it's an, another tool, like you said, a false multi, force multiplier. But at the same time, with what we do when we clear rooms with our rifles and all the above, I mean, it's a great, sexy tool. SBRs they look great, so on and so forth, but they suck. The CQB, man, it sucks. That yeah. five, five, six round having that bulky piece in your hand. I mean, it's you can't it's, know where the round's gonna go. Like you just exactly, can't. Man. you can't. You can't know it all. And then we've had it. We've had it happen, man. It happened in that Target over there in, yep. in LA, was it LA or somewhere in California. With, with the I mean, yeah, dude hit his, 
yes, he hit his target, but I mean, that round went through a wall too. Unfortunately, it was a little girl standing on the side of the wall, you know, and we're unfortunately accountable. He shot like two to three. It, the cadence sounded like they were well aimed, well placed rounds. Yes. You know, yeah. yeah. And it's just, it sucks because now you're, you're technically accountable for every bullet you put down range. So it, it's, it's a sucky thing because you're doing something good, but at the same time, you didn't know you just did something bad and you just hit your target too. You know, so with the uh, MCK, man, it's something that in a CQB situation, especially being kitted up, being bigger guys too, it sucks, man. You know, this high port and everything you're doing is high port, high port, low port, low port, and you're driving back here and mm-hmm. shooting a rifle up next year. It sucks doing that. You're not able to get down range, any sort of trigger pull on that. Right. Um, getting your getting any sights on, so it, it sucks clearing homes like that, you know. And when you're doing it with one or two people, it makes it that much even worse, you know. So with the MCK, it's just something that you're able to utilize it. You can high port or low port it. And even a high port situation, you're still in a position where, let's say we just had our gun. Just, we're able to shoot down here. I could still look down, down my sights. God forbid I need to take that shot like that. Right. Um, so it's just a lot easier of a move. Um, again, the biggest thing that we talked about before is that, let's say magazine-wise, if you ever get into that firefight, that one time where you're pinned down in that hallway for a little bit of time, you got to wait for help. And it's yeah. just you and a firefight going for a while. Your ground. A lot of times, yeah, you're what? You're going to shoot two mags and we're done? No. We're, we have laced up already going. Let's say you run out. Your partner's got the same mags. The majority of the yeah. departments, especially once we go to um, <coughs> getting kitted up, we're all holding the same mags. Right. You know? So if you need another mag, everybody's kind of laced up in the same way. Um, and then the rounds, man. A lot of people are using the 9 mil rounds at a forty caliber at this point. Um, it's just it's your target's getting hit. You're yes. stopping the threat. And you know your bullets are staying where they're supposed to be. Right. Um, you know, it's and like, it's kind of yeah. like no, it's a no-brainer, man. You know what I mean? Like I've been buying guns and doing things for a long time. So I have a couple that are just sitting in the safe right now that it's like, well, man, I could put this on a platform that's gonna make it a much more formidable weapon in an urban environment. You know, I'm gonna, right. have, I'm gonna have a more stable platform to shoot if I have to shoot out. Uh, and and catch some distance. I'm gonna have a much more stable platform to run CQB with. And but but the thing that I love about it is it's stable, but it's so versatile. So like when I'm doing stuff with my other hand, I'm telling you, bro. Like I was able to just bop, like literally hold my pistol right here, and I was solid. Like it didn't. I'll, I'm gonna put it out on social media, but you guys will see me just flowing through targets not even thinking twice about it. Whereas when I ran it with my handgun, I had to like, you know, watch that. I was chasing the busy bee, you know, I was chasing that. Right, right, right. 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 So, you know, I, I, I agree with you, man. The caliber is awesome. Turning a gun that you have sitting in your safe collecting dust right now into something that's a force multiplier. You can train your family on it and it, and, and because they don't maybe have the same competence level, because me and you are gunfighters, we've been gunfighting for the last decade. Like now I can take somebody who's just learning how to, how to shoot and give them something that's going to make them way more dangerous that much more quickly. Exactly. Give the defender exactly. that much more. And quickly. on top of that, what people go to is what money they want to know how much my $10,000. And the thing is, I just gave you, because what do you want to go? MP5. All right, let's spend what? $2,500 on MP5 by the time we're done. But guess here's what happens 25. when you shoot? But, and here's the thing that people don't think about. You're going to, Put you want you're putting this in a situation that you're going to utilize it right it's at some point you're thinking that it's going to get shot you're going to shoot somebody protecting yourself god forbid you get into that scenario That's guess what, what happens when you shoot somebody 
your gun gets taken away. So that $2,500 gun is going bye-bye. You just threw $2,500 out the door plus the ammo that was in it. That's what people don't think about. Like, oh, shit, yeah, I just bought a fucking $10,000 rifle and I smoked somebody. But guess what? Not yours anymore. Bye-bye, $10,000. It's gone. So you're taking a sidearm that, yeah, maybe you spent, what, three, dollars $400 on it? You spent another two fifty, three hundred on this. That's six hundred dollars. Okay, I could live with that. You know, yeah. I could live with it. It did its job. Yep. Cool. We're good. You know, and then I can get another one for the same price, so on and so forth. So at the price point that you're putting it at, that's another thing. And mm. it's a, it's polymer and aluminum. You know, right. it's lightweight. It's extremely lightweight. So it's it's just it makes sense all the way around. So check this Dude. out. Check this out. Let me just see. Let me, this is my latest setup right here, bro. Yeah, let's see. What you got? 511 LV10. No freaking, no molly, no nothing. It's designed after a camera bag. So just looks like a bag, like a dude with a bag, man. Sling bag. I can throw it on. Boom. Sling bag. 511 LV10. Okay. I've got some plates that fit back here that are the perfect shape for this uh, camera bag designed to be uh, kind of inconspicuous, no molly, no patches. You know what I'm saying? So this is for work. This is for EP, right? Boom. Now I can grab my MCK and I've got plates protecting everything here. Boom. And I'm in the fight and I've got a Glock and i've got a light Woo! and i got the paddles right here for a little bit more support bop, 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 bop. Um, i got through a right on optic on top of it and i got backup irons like you can't tell me this isn't awesome and this is why i joined forces with these guys for home defense for your guys working um at the residence and this is just like, like he knows, like you know all the technicalities, but just yeah. like this, if I have to do something with one hand, I'm running just like this. And it's right. just, it's, it's, it's way more secure than having to run a pistol like this, but I can still run this fully extended if I need to, you know, I'm rolling, if I'm, if I'm moving through a tight space, I mean, ah, I can do anything I need to do with this thing. So. I've been really impressed, man. And I performed great with it at the competition. And then obviously, you know, the, the round capacity you can work with when it comes to Glock mags and all that stuff. But you guys make um, micro conversion kits for basically every pistol I, I think I've seen on the market almost. Yeah, we're, um, and if we don't have it, we're probably in the process of making it at this point. Um, CZs, uh, all the Glocks for the most part. Uh, SIG, the 320, we're working on the X-Series right now, but it's the big thing with SIG, it's hard to keep up with this market, man. Every time they put out one model, there's another model out. You know, it's like another one, then another one. So uh, Springfield, Smith & Wesson, Ruger, FNN we're going to be working on. Um, Koenig, we've got a model coming out for. We're going to do a De uh, Desert Eagle 50 cal, which I'm excited to do that. I want to exactly. Yeah, Woo is right. Can't wait to test that one out. Yep. Um, trying to think what am I missing here. The polymer 80s, we've got a model for them also. Nice. But yeah, I mean, it, we, we have a, a ton of models um, for these chassis to fit. And then the beautiful thing, like you were saying before, you could literally dress this thing up as you please. You know, it's yep. got a three-quarter um, inch Picatinny rail on the top and then on two on the side. And you can legit dress this thing up as you please. You want to throw thermals on it, throw thermals. You want to throw IR, throw an IR. You 
I was able to throw your magnifier. You can do anything. I mean, it's got the additional mag. Like you showed before, it's got the flashlight. You put a laser on it. I mean, you can legit dress this thing up as you want. And then, like you were showing before, you could operate with this folded. You could operate if you need to get out and up, get on the long distance. You're up there, too. Uh, beautiful thing about this with our Gen 2s is that you are suppressor friendly. So if you want to run a suppressor on it, you have a threaded barrel in there, take two screws out, pop that uh, barrel shroud out, and run your suppressor, you know. So it's it just makes sense all the way around. Home defense, your personal use for recreation, and then if you attack world, it makes sense too. You know, it's yeah. it just uh, it's just something that a lot of people know about it, but not enough people know about it. Exactly. Okay. So. I couldn't agree with you more because we all got those guns that, that, that used to be the hotness. Now we went to something else. Right. It's just sitting exactly. there, you know, and it's like, yo, exactly. there's still so much you can do for yeah. a really, really, really um, accessible price point. The barrier to entry is like ultra low. I was so happy when I heard how much y'all would charge for these things. Um, everyone yeah. should have one. I, I, there should be one in every house in America. Every EP team should have a few of them in the locker on residence. Because uh, this is ideal for doing what we're doing in an urban environment inside buildings, 100%. Yeah. So just it's easy, man. It's an easy thing. And then ergonomically, too. I mean, just to fit up front, it's Mr. Hartman, the owner of the company. He was an Israeli Special Forces. Uh, he's now a retired lieutenant colonel. And he molded his hand to this. Like, yeah. legitimately, ergonomically, it just fits. You put your finger on that thumb, the thumb rest, like you did before. And I don't have to tell you how to hold it. Yeah, naturally, your mind just snaps into it. That's the beautiful thing about this, you know. Um, so yeah, just more points of contact as Israelis are known for. That's why they have that stance that they put everything in because the more points, of, and at first you look at it like, what the hell are they doing? Yeah, you know? yeah but yeah. when you understand the dynamics behind it, like, all right, that make that does make sense, you know. Um, so yeah, that's that's it, man. This product is definitely one of those, and we're definitely glad to have you on, man. Definitely, we're gonna, we're gonna have a lot of fun here, we do a lot of good business here together. Um, I definitely said before, I got to get out there and shoot with you. Yeah. I got to get out there. That, man. We'll mix it up. We'll mix it up yeah, sure. man. We'll run the gun a little bit. Would you have carried this on duty, man? Would you have liked to have had one of these out there in the streets? I wish, especially working, you see work, gang unit stuff, sitting in the cars, um, even jet patrol, man. It just makes sense to do. It's easier to grab than a rifle. And it's something, yeah. like I said, again, I could put it in my bag, snap out, go. Um, when I'm clearing those, those rooms and I'm in a house or I'm one of those little Friggin' dope houses where I'm sitting up there and I got my boy Chris sitting on top of me and I'm just like this or my brother who actually works out there also. We're sitting up on top of each other and it's like, dude, he's 6'3". I'm six foot and we're both just hugging up on each other rifle so we don't shoot each other, you know? Yeah. It's an uncomfortable scenario compared to I could collapse this, put up my chest, I can clear a room like this. Yeah. You know? I don't have to worry about anything working this back here. So, mm -hmm. yeah, man, I wish, I wish I did. I honestly wish I did. And that's the market that we're pushing a lot of the uh, law enforcement also to get involved in it and get them on 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 the job man another thing too you go to the city you go to the higher-ups i'm not telling you i need twenty five hundred dollars a unit three thousand dollars a unit i need whatever my price point is a couple hundred dollars and we're good to go yeah you know? i can set up you set a whole team up with this yeah Dang. yeah it makes sense man it makes sense I love it. Yeah. You know, that's what's up, man. So, yeah, the partnership makes sense. The gear makes sense. I want to get these in the hands of everybody who's serious about protecting 100%. So, let's see here. Favorite quote, favorite mantra, saying? It takes a community, man. It yeah. It takes a community. That's it. It's simple as that. It takes community. Whatever the community may be that you're in, it takes a community. You're never just an individual, you know? Okay. It's never just an individual way to, to get this, to get through this world. So, 
I love it. That's it. it takes yeah. community. Contribute to your community. If you, yeah, you know I'm saying, be be that person that makes your community better. A habit that you think protectors should look at that makes them better people or better protectors. Training, man. Just keep training. Yeah. Train as hard as you can every time, like it's gonna be the last time. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times we train, and I'm guilty of it. All one and the same. You take that one day, it's like you know what. I'm going to take this this second off of that hour. That's that second you're going to need. Yeah. It's going to pop up. You're going to be like, in that time of need, you're like, God damn it, I should have done it. You know, I should have done this. This is exactly what they were talking about. It's like when your mom or your dad told you back in there, I told you. you I told you what was going to happen. You You know, but yeah, training, man, especially these days with what we're dealing with in the world we're living in right now. I think training is huge. You got to train. Keep training, not just physically mentally spiritually whatever it is you believe get get out there man get that mind right but physically get out there man exercise don't wait till the moment and then be like all right now i'm gonna put myself in position hopefully i can fuck this dude up hopefully i can survive this fight you know no train like somebody's coming to get you because they're coming to get you you know i don't know when they're coming but they're coming yeah and hopefully it never happens but it yeah but it may so you know and and exactly i mean i remember times in the marine corps we did trainings and i was like this is so stupid like (laughs) <laughs> like for example, the uh, bounding drills. I'm up, he sees me, I'm down. We're running through the yeah. desert. I'm up, he sees me, I'm down. Up, down, up, down. Yeah. And I remember being so annoyed. Like we're gonna go into an urban environment. We're never gonna use this. We're all sitting there talking crap, our little PFCs. Like we know what we're talking about. Sure enough, bro, we take fire in the middle of the dang desert. What are we doing? I'm up, he sees me, I'm there. <laughs> we're sitting there. Yeah, we're exactly. And I remember I came over the radio like, can you believe we're actually doing this right now? <laughs> like, actually doing this? Yeah. Quiet after that. No, that's what's up, man. I love it. Um, the commanding officer was probably sitting there like, yeah, told you so. <laughs> exactly. Yo, after the dust settles, man, when it's all said and done, how would you like to be remembered? This is a good man, bro. Hardworking good man. That's it. I don't need to know. You don't need to know my name, honestly. Just a hardworking good man, you know? And know that I did... I know that I did something in this life that made somebody better. You know, it might not be 10 people, 100 people, but if you do it for one, that one person will spread it on to five and it's it's contagious at that point. But, you know, yeah. know that I did something good in this world that That's definitely awesome. held a positive impact on somebody's life, whatever it may be. That's the good stuff, yeah. man. What are you up to these days? Where can people find you, Aaron? You know? But man, I'm out here in South Florida now. I'm a retired old man. That's where I'm at. Nah. <laughs> nah. America, man. Nah. I'm still in Cali. Yeah, that's it. Get out of Cali, man. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> it's a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, get a better place. Yeah, I'm out in South Florida now, man. Yeah, when I retired, I moved to South Florida. I'm working with CAA now. Uh, I do a lot of traveling, obviously, with um, with work and everything and getting out and about. But yeah, most of the time, I'm just hanging out down here with my dogs, my family. Um, at the range, I'm at the gym. What I do, man, that is life. Yep. So, if you want to get in contact with me? You can reach out to me in my um email, everything like that. We'll go and send emails and everything over. Yeah. yeah so my email is a. All right, cool. So we'll throw everything in the link and um, we'll put all that in there. If you want to get in contact with me about the MCKs? You just want to talk life, whatever it may be. I'm down to shoot with whoever you know. I'm down to network with everybody. So. Anybody has any questions, reach out to me. But yeah, South Florida hanging out. That's where I'm at now. Catching the sun. Not too much sun, but just a little bit. Black <laughs> <laughs> people, man. We, yeah, I don't need, I don't need. We ain't trying to get all extra dark, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. We got, we got that natural, natural tan. <laughs> yeah, man, we good. We came out good. 
Solid, brother, man. That's a great interview. Thanks so much for sharing your experiences, man, going into the real world stuff. Thanks so much for helping bring this product to protectors. I think there are a lot of guys and girls out there that need this stuff um, and hopefully will never need this stuff, but should have this stuff in case they need this stuff. So um, it's an honor, man. So if you guys don't got one of these, get one of these. It's a force multiple. You will be so happy when you open the package and you see what this thing is. And then you instantly will understand your capabilities with with your firearms once you pick this thing up especially if you're a shooter great thing to train the youngins on all that stuff man and great thing to have you know on your teams so um i stand by it i ran mine and i was really impressed and there's gonna be so much more good stuff coming down rain so it's an honor brother thanks so much once yeah, again. Man. i appreciate it again man thank you boom yo what up i hope you guys really enjoyed that episode hey listen in order to get more out of the brand i want to encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com we post different types of content on our different platforms at different times uh you'll get blog posts you'll get videos you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that so stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand in order to support us also go to protectornation.com and buy something or join forces with me on Patreon. You'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link. Uh, anything you can give counts, you know, think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on McDonald's this month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, that helps. That helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous. Anyways, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. And I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast out.